today on CityCast Denver. We've got a long 4th of July weekend coming up, and for many Denverites, that means it's time to go camping. I am a complete camping neophyte, still hoping to find a nice spot for a night or two this weekend, while our newsletter editor Peyton Garcia is a total pro with four straight nights already planned and programmed into the GPS. So she's on the show with me today to talk through how to plan an epic Colorado camping trip. Today is Wednesday, June 29th. I'm Paul Caroli, in for Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Peyton, how are you? Hey, Paul. Excited. I love talking camping. Well, let's do it. I've got one really important question for you right off the bat. I'm still hoping to get out there and camp for a night or two this weekend. Is it too late? No, there's a million places you can go. I mean, finding a campground where you have to make a reservation, that's probably going to be tougher. But there's lots of places you can go for dispersed camping. That is great to hear. I feel like every time I read about this, everyone says everything is full always. And it's like hugely intimidating. A lot of the popular places and places that require fees and and reservations, yeah, they're going to be booked. It's going to be hard. I don't want to trick you. It's not going to be easy, but there's definitely places out there if you do the right kind of research. I mean, if you just Google where to camp in Colorado, you're going to find 8,000 blogs pop up with Mm -hmm. like dispersed camping spots. And it's not going to be easy, but it's possible. And dispersed camping, that's where there's like no camp there's no like fire pit and you just sort of put yeah. your tent like wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a campground is a designated space where there's typically a bathroom. There's like a place for you to park your car. You usually have to reserve it, pay a fee. There's a built-in fire pit there. Dispersed camping is where you're going to non-designated spaces. So there's not going to be a bathroom. There's not going to be a pre-built fire pit. Hmm. When did you and uh, when did you and your husband, Willie, start planning this weekend's? Oh, uh, well, we actually... Got sick of going to like really crowded places and having trouble finding somewhere. Um, so this year, January 1st, we picked three weekends <laughs> out of the year to book and reserve. So we had Labor Day, Memorial Day, and 4th of July all booked by January 2nd. Incredible. Yeah. That's not to say we, we do still have like spur of the moment weekends where we'll just get in the car and try and find somewhere but these are those are really important like long weekends for us where we do like four days so we wanted to reserve those Mm. so tell me about this one where are you going how'd you pick your spot which type of camping is it so we're going um up near kenosha pass um that's about all the details i can give you because i'm geographically challenged and my husband does all of that (laughs) um but we picked um a campground that we reserved, paid a fee for. And the reason we did that is because when we do our 4th of July camping trip every year, we like to get a big group of friends and it's usually more of like a hang out, drink some beers, kick back. You know, you kind of want a a relaxed environment. We don't really want to have to work for it. (laughs) Yeah, those are are the camping trips I've enjoyed most in the past when it's like a big group and it's more, more social, more like, you know, telling stories, telling jokes around a campfire in the evening. That's um, also someone else will have planned it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, campgrounds is definitely the most 
luxurious version of of camping our favorite type of camping i would say is dispersed camping i like to put a little work in um you're also less likely to be around other people if you're doing dispersed camping right um right. which is nice you, you feel like you're a little bit more in the wilderness hmm. okay so let's let's talk about what you put in your car that's that's step two right packing up and going off and driving to this place what are the essentials that you and willie are putting in your car for this weekend's trip as far as what you're packing it definitely again depends on the kind of experience you're going for so for car camping we bring our coolers we bring our hammock we bring our fishing poles and we bring our camp table our nice chairs yeah we bring all the good stuff. You can pack as many beers as you want. You can, you know, you bring all the fun stuff versus if you're going to go backpacking, you're very, very limited as to what you can bring. And we actually have, I have this list. I, I actually want to show it to you real quick. Or bring my it screen. on. Yeah. I would love um, to see it. Can you see it, Paul? Uh, yes. I can see a very dense spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. I guess I should say spreadsheet <laughs> um, because that's what it is. Willie and I can pack in an hour as long as we're going off of this list. We do like a tote system when we're car camping. So we get these big tote bins Mm -hmm. and each bin has like certain gears. Like one bin is our cooking bin, one bin is our um, gear bin that like holds our tents and our chairs and our, and that's like such a great way to do it. Cause then when you pull up camping, you just pull out the totes and you know where everything's at. If it's raining, you can just throw everything back in. But yeah, it takes, it takes a long time to kind of finesse your list and get Mm -hmm. good at packing it. That tote bag system is really smart. I like yeah. that a lot. So this is this kind of touches on this um, this issue that I've had maybe a little bit, and I know other people have complained about gear creep. Like every time you go camping, you come back and you think, "Gosh, it would have been nice to have X," and then you go out and buy X, and you end up having a zillion X's, and they're all like very specific, and maybe they feel like just junk piling up in a garage somewhere. Do you, how do you feel about that? Is that something you've experienced? Is that a, a, a problem for you and Willie? Yeah, that's very, very real. <laughs> every time <laughs> okay. you go out, every time you go to REI, you find something that you're like, ah, this would be so epic. And you mm-hmm. buy it. And that's why, like I said, it's taken us years and years and years to build the collection that we have. We have a massive collection. We have shelves and shelves of camping stuff in our garage, all nicely organized in tote bins. Um, it's never been a problem to me. Like, I don't see it as we've got a bunch of junk in our garage because we camp often enough and I feel like we make smart <laughs> purchasing decisions that we love everything that we've bought. Um, everything? I would say so. Not everything. a single, no one item was is just sitting there on the shelf making you feel, ugh, why? No, since I'm such a camping fanatic, I don't think you can have enough awesome camp gear i'm i mean i'm addicted if we go into rei we're there for hours <laughs> and we spend way too much money you know what it is for me at rei is those um insulated water bottles somehow i cannot walk <laughs> out of that place without getting one and i already have one because i did it last time and now i have just too many of these things but hey, I, I you can't well I you probably them. can have too many of those <laughs> yeah you can you really can that's what my wife says at least uh what about like the one, is there one extravagant piece of gear that you really feel like, oh, this was this was worth it. I would buy this again if it broke, like no matter what. This is the thing. We bought a propane fueled fire pit 
like mm. one that's mobile that you can carry around. My dad had one and it really came in handy last summer when there were all these fire bans because you can't sure. build your own fire if there's a fire ban, obviously, but propane fire pits are okay mm. because there's no ashes involved and coals and it's it's less likely to spread all you have to do is sh shut off the propane but i think you know using my dad's all last summer i i think it was totally worth it because it's camping's not as fun without a fire pit. i mean i've done it a million times and sometimes you have to do it without a fire but i really think you lose something if you don't have a fire while you're camping yeah yeah it's like that's a core part of the the whole experience i mean it's i've enjoyed camping trips without fires but I prefer to have one. Um, I went on a camping trip once with a big group and somebody brought, I'm not kidding you, a sous vide machine <laughs> to cook meat in a water bath. It was crazy <laughs> to watch feels, this person set this up on a camping table. That feels like too much. While we're talking about packing, I would say it is critical that everyone has um, an emergency kit. No matter if you're car camping or you're backpacking, you have to have an emergency kit. It doesn't have to be big. Mine's really small and I keep mine in my car no matter what, no matter mm -hmm. where we're going. But you know, it should have like three ways to start a fire, two ways to purify water, couple granola bars, a poncho or a space blanket, a compass, a whistle, just a handful of things that if you're ever in an emergency wilderness situation, you'll be able to survive. I would say you have to have that no matter what kind of camping you do. All right. Well, we're, we're already kind of getting into the food stuff. That's the next piece I'm excited about. And this is also a thing that I do wrong consistently when camping and have kind of settled on only ever attempting marshmallows. But Peyton, tell me about like what, what kind of food do you like to prepare? What kind of food do you like to eat when you're camping? I want to come back at you with a question. How do you do it wrong? What do you believe your mistake is? Oh, <sighs> Sometimes it's like too ambitious. Like I tried to make ramen one time, you know, you heat up some water on the fire, mix stuff into it. And then it started raining. It's diluting the broth and it, <laughs> nothing got cooked well. And I just don't even really try Interesting. anymore. Uh, would you say ramen is your most ambitious meal you've attempted? 100%. By far. <laughs> by far. I won't, I won't do anything more than hot dogs. Nothing I can't put on oh. a stick and cook over a flame. That's fun. No, food is so fun. When we go car camping, we go all out and Willie actually has this like breakfast specialty that like our friends actually ask for now. Uh, and it's so funny because like he doesn't even make it here at home. He like only makes it when we're camping and it's um, it's kind of like a uh, a skillet and it has Brussels, eggs and bacon and it is mm. so good and i think he doesn't make it here because there is something about cooking over a fire that just changes everything changes the taste changes the consistency the texture but then we also do like bagels and cream cheese is a good one you know just kind of toast your bagel over the fire we do uh, oatmeal is always a really good one because that's easy yeah one pot mm -hmm. yeah yeah we do hot dogs burgers we also like to do um 
will pre-make quesadillas and wrap them in foil. So if you just like fold a tortilla in half at home, we'll like put some refried beans on there, some cheese, some peppers, and then, you know, you fold it, you wrap it up in foil, you keep it in your cooler. Obviously, you know, you want to eat that sooner rather than later, just keeping that in your cooler. But then you just like chuck it over the coals or something? Yeah, in the foil. You just put it on the fire and it's so good. It's so easy. You you pre-make it at home so you're not having to try and make it there. That's one that we like to do a lot for dinners. For lunches, we like to pack just like deli meat and bread and have like sandwiches, pack some apples, some chips, some beef jerky. Yeah, you can get like really, really creative. And then backpacking's way different. Well, that, I mean, that's a whole, I mean, that's like freeze dried food, right? I you, mean, that- but you can do more than freeze dried, I will say. So, like, there's a couple things because, you know, it sucks if you're going to eat freeze dried for three days. But like you can do ramen. Ramen's a great backpacking one. Um, And I would argue that ramen is like super, super easy to make. It's actually a go-to just camping meal for us late night when, you know, you're you're drunk and you need a snack. Ramen is like, it's always like our go-to like late night drunk snack. You're showing off right now, Peyton. I (laughs) I don't know if I'm showing off or um, (laughs) if you and I, yeah. But then there's... um, for backpacking, you can also bring in instant oatmeal because that's light. It's not freeze dried. All you have to do is add some hot water. And then our trick with backpacking is the one heavy item we bring is a jar of peanut butter, like a small plastic one, and then tortillas because tortillas are flat. They won't get smushed. They're pretty light. And then you can just like spread peanut butter all over a tortilla, roll it up, and like that gives you great like calories and protein when you're backpacking. And it's better than freeze dried food. We also bring these little, we bring little honey packets because they're such a great little source of energy. So for when you get really tired, just kind of slurp some honey out of a little honey packet. Gives you a little sugar boost. Oh, Um, yeah. Or like, I like the Justin's peanut butter pouches. Yeah. yeah. I think that whole, I, I don't know for sure, but I think that whole like pouched peanut butter thing, I think that's a Colorado innovation. Mm, I've never seen that anywhere else. Yeah. That would be interesting. I eat those all the time. I like to have them with banana. Yeah, they're great. I'm sure you've seen me on camera (laughs) smearing Justin's peanut butter all over a banana. Great local company. Great product. Shout out to Justin's. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, All right. Shall we move into our final category? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So when you're at the campground, you've set up all your stuff, you're kicking back, you cracked open a beer. Big question for me is etiquette. How am I supposed to behave? I don't want to offend anybody. I also want to be comfortable. I don't know how to really like relate to other people at the campground. Do you talk to people at the campground over? Or like, are you making friends out there, Peyton? Sometimes I'm usually making a friend when their dog wanders over to our campsite. <laughs> and then that's almost always how I make friends. Um, I think that etiquette is super important, especially if you're going to be at one of these designated campgrounds, because typically you're pretty close to one another. And I don't know. I do think that there's some sort of like unspoken camaraderie typically. Like, I don't know. I think there's unspoken etiquette rules. Like hmm. you don't have to go out there. You don't have to like be super friendly with your camp neighbors, but I think the most important thing is just like be respectful, like keep your music down if if it's getting late. Keep your fire not at a dangerous height so that you're not worrying other people. We mentioned music. I, this is what, another one of my big questions. Bluetooth speaker. That's a must. That's a must? Okay, so you're pro Bluetooth speaker? I'm pro Bluetooth speaker 
when we're doing these like leisurely car camping trips with friends. Yes. Okay. Okay. What are your thoughts? I think that's going to be controversial. I'm just saying. I think people might. <laughs> I know where they're like, oh, you're going into nature to be away. Right. Is that like what you're thinking? Yeah. I think I might be against the Bluetooth speaker at the campground. Yeah. I, I always find it irritating when people at uh, the next campsite over have it. And yeah, I want to I want to get away. This is camping's like a for sure. It's like an alternate reality. Yeah, for sure. I think we like to have a speaker when we're doing just these like casual trips with friends. I mean, when we're doing these trips, we're kicking back, we're drinking beers, we're playing dice. Um, I mean, our it's and we and we like to have music when we do it. I think that that's something that goes into when you're picking a site as well. Like if you're someone who doesn't want to risk, you know, being that close to other people, having to listen to their music, like Try and find a, dis- a, a campground that sites are relatively spaced out. Um, and then if you're the person with the music, just be respectful. Like keep it keep it low because like you said, like not everyone wants to listen to your favorite country song on repeat. Um, like if you're at a campground with my 24-year-old brother, like I apologize. <laughs> Him and his friends are <laughs> loud and Mm -hmm. usually drunk and last 4th of July we went somewhere and it was so freaking crowded it was actually dispersed camping but it was so packed I mean you were shoulder to shoulder it really ended up not being that fun and we had some people who were like several campsites over but they were playing heavy metal they brought like full on like amp speakers and they played heavy metal the entire time and I was like dude we're just trying to chill Mm -hmm. we're trying to listen to some like bluegrass you know like on our little tiny portable speaker we're not we're not trying to hurt anyone with tyler childers like what about live music how do you feel if one of your fellow campers pulls out a acoustic guitar oh i love that i think that's awesome i think that's such a fun part of camping i mean my dad is a musician and growing up he always brought his guitar and there's nothing like singing around the campfire it's fun i love it Peyton, is there anything else that I need to know or I should know about camping etiquette? Yeah. The most important rule about camping and when it comes to camp etiquette is leave the space how you found it. Mm. Whether it's dispersed camping, whether it's campground, whether it's backpacking, clean up, do a sweep before you leave. No one wants to show up to a trashed site. Pack trash bags, pack out your beer cans. If you're at dispersed camping and there's no bathroom, pick up after yourself. You can't just leave toilet paper in the woods it's not going to magically disappear it's not good for the environment i keep a little bathroom bag you just get a big gallon size ziploc bag you duct tape it so it's not see-through and just clean up after yourselves dig a big cat hole when you go to the bathroom there's been too many campsites that i've gone to that have just been destroyed because people don't know how to properly clean up after themselves especially when they're using the bathroom like that's gross but it's like such an important thing like it's horrible and and just you know don't don't make a mess don't leave beer cans in the fire pit and if you're bringing a dog dog poop counts just because it's the woods you can't leave your dog poop out there it's toxic to the environment so pick it up for the record Peyton is shaking her finger (laughs) just so listeners know yes all right my last question Peyton how do you know when to leave (laughs) when you're back really really hurts and you smell disgusting (laughs) that's when we leave all right well thanks Peyton thanks for the help today and I hope uh I hope we both can get out there this weekend and have some fun 
Oh yeah, definitely. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. The state Democrat and Republican primaries were yesterday, and I didn't stay up late for the final results. We'll let you know how it all went down later in the week. Meanwhile, all week long, I've seen protests downtown against the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade, and it's heartening to see how big the crowds have been. We want to help direct all that energy, too. So if you know of any reproductive health care providers or related groups who are in need of some support right now, let us know and we can help get the word out. You can email us at denver at citycast.fm or leave us a voicemail with your name and neighborhood at 720-500-5418. And finally, remember when we had Councilman Jolon Clark on a few weeks ago to talk about his favorite subject, trash? Well, his pay-for-trash plan passed City Council Monday evening by an 8-5 to five vote, according to the Denver Post. So starting next year, get ready to pay between $9 and $21 per month for trash service. But you won't have to pay for recycling or compost at all, which is kind of the whole point. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where Peyton has put together a whole list of her tips and tricks for having an epic camping trip, and she's even going to share that checklist thing we talked about. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. I can't feel my fingers anymore. I lied. They're, they're, they're numb. Ooh. Maybe you should wear these extra gloves. My hands are starting to get sweaty. Extra gloves? You've had this pair of extra gloves this whole time? Yeah. We're in the Rockies. <laughs>